softly and we bow our heads. And we just put everything aside now. I know there's many needs in our midst. If there's anything any one of us could do to help one another, I'm sure we would. But there's really only one that can help us. If you would like that one to come to your address this morning, and you would just say, Lord, you're welcome here. Why don't you slip up your hand to him? as we pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, we desire to move beyond the realm of our human senses. We desire to move beyond what we can see and hear. And we desire this morning to even move past our human conscience, affections, and reason. And Lord, we desire to move into the channel where you speak so sovereignly and you make your word real and you dwell in our hearts. Father, we recognize we're not going to stay on this earth. Help us not just to be earthy this morning. Help us not to be bogged down, even with the cares of life. But Lord, set our spirits free this morning. The holy hills are calling. It goes deep, Lord. It goes deep beyond anything that can be explained. It's a tug. It's a pull. And Lord, we want to yield our vessels this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would take now every one of us, the speaker, everyone that's sitting here, everyone that's gathered listening in this morning. Lord, there's thoughts that just have been going through my heart all week. I don't even know how to express them. But Lord, I'm asking you, go beyond my humanity. Let the people not see the minister this morning, but let them see Jesus. And Lord, may we not hear with natural ears, but may we hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Lord, we're going home soon. I pray that you'd lead us this morning. Lord, as we just commit everyone into your care, we just ask now you'll take this service completely into your hands. We thank you, and we know that you're faithful. 
Heavens and earth will pass away, but Lord, your word will never pass. Bless everyone now. Bless the reading of your word as we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you to musicians. I'm going to invite you to turn to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. We'll start reading in verse 12. It's nice to see some of the different faces here this morning. As I said, parts of your faces anyway. And uh, sure is good to be together, isn't it? Good to be together. Verse 12, and on the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now he goes into Jerusalem, he overthrows the temple, uh, the money changers in the temple, the, those that are selling and buying, and the zeal of his father's house overtakes him. But as they leave now, in verse 19, and when the even was come, so this is the same, just within a day here, and he went out of the city And in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. So this event drew everybody's attention to what the next words were. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whatsoever, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those, that those things which he saith, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when, so all of this is where we're going to stay, so he, It's one thing to speak it, but it starts out with a desire. Then it's a prayer. Then it's a faith. Then it's a substance. But it starts with a desire. And there's a little caveat given in verse 25 and 26. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you 
your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. You may have your seats. God bless His Word this morning. I will ask you also to turn over to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. We will read. There's a very familiar portion that you could start reading in verse 3. I'm going to go over that directly to verse 10. Wherefore, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fail. And this really relates about the virtues that are there, the promises that are there. But I want to pick this up in verse 11. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm going to really take my my text and then I'm going to entitle this An Entrance to Perfect Faith. And uh, it's a subject I I, I don't believe I'll, I'll really touch on. I'd like to get into the channel of perfect faith, but this morning I'd like to speak on an entrance to perfect faith. And as a subtitle, I'd like to speak on overcoming our human barriers. I'm going to ask you to also turn to Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm going to just um, ask you just to stay with me and, and enter into this place that, that maybe I've been thinking on and feeding on and dwelling on. But it would say, and I really this morning don't want us to look at ourselves, I want us to look from from God, God's perspective, not from what our immediate needs are, what the world around us is, but I want us to look at what God's word is, what his promises to us are, and allow that to build in us and not to allow all the things that, that, that can hinder us in a service. We, No doubt you, I have come, you have come with certain things I got, I got to deal with this after. I, I got to deal with this this week, and I don't know how this is going to... I'd like you just to put that aside now for a little bit. So it would say in, in verse 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it's actually a substance. And, and I, I have been feeding and listening to two messages that Brother Branham spoke, and I believe they were spoken on August 25th, 1963, just a week before he preached the token message. But he spoke two messages. One was, and, and I, I've, I've gone through them both, but in the morning he spoke, how can I overcome, as a message that he spoke. In the evening he spoke, perfect faith. And, and there is almost some continuity to what he's saying, but he's moving into a different channel. So 
I'm going to just take this. He's saying faith is a substance. It's an evidence of things not seen. It's something you actually possess. It's as real as the church building around us. It's, it is something that you hold and it actually sustains you and carries you. So he would say, by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, if, if you want to look at faith as a substance or a channel of contacting God... Now, we know there's, a, there's five senses to your outer man. There are five senses to your inner man. But there are two senses to the inside of the inside. And those two senses are faith or they're unbelief. And the way to contact God is through faith. That's a channel that God moves in. It's the greatest channel that the believer has to contact God. Faith stopped Jesus when Bartimaeus cried out. It wasn't the voice that Jesus heard. It was the faith of Bartimaeus that he heard. Faith stopped God when there was a widow woman. Faith always catches God's attention. And faith is what God used to express himself. So God was the word. He always was the word. But the Bible would say, or Brother Brandon would say, and it says in the Bible, he believed his own word. And things began to materialize. It happened. Something tangible from the unseen. Now there's a part of that deposit that goes into God's attributes or his sons and daughters. And as the scripture was declared to Job, where were you when the sons of God shouted for joy? When there was something pure where it was God and man, there was a part of God where he had thoughts. Now, there's not a pre-existence of us But we come from the very loins of God. We were a seed of God. And there was something pure that God saw in us. And he still sees in us no matter what channel you've come through to get here today. So God put that deposit in you and in me. Sometimes we can't see it. Because there's so many things that cloud it over. There are so many things that obscure it, but yet it's there. And so something needs to break that veil, break that barrier that hinders faith from moving. So there was something pure in the beginning when God would say, let there be, and it was so. There's something pure when Jesus would come and would speak. It was unhindered faith, and it was Jesus in the same form that you and I are in. And there's something pure when a believer takes God at his word. When, when Job would say, 
Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Job would say that in the midst of the deepest trial a man had ever gone through. But something pure came out of him at that moment. And so the trials we go through, we sometimes, our flesh doesn't like them. But yet when we look back, we, are, we, we have the ability to say, I'm so glad I went through that because it's brought me closer to God. It brought me into another level with God. So Jesus would tell his disciples that he knew them before the foundation of the earth. In other words, there was something in him, in them, that he identified with and they identified with him. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this from, this is from the, the, uh, the message, God's power to transform. And Brother Branham would refer to the Garden of Eden. And he would say, well, first he says this, God through a seed of his word, there's only one thing that can quicken the word, and that is the spirit. He is the life giver to the word. And when the life in the word meets the life in the spirit, it produces whatever the seed is. What we're seeing today is a manifestation of the seeds that are in the earth. We're seeing the manifestation of denominational seed. We're seeing the, the manifestation of serpent seed. But we also are seeing the manifestation of a seed word for a people that were predestinated to be called the bride. So in the beginning, God speaks this way. The Garden of Eden was God's economy of innocence. That was a dispensation. In that first dispensation, they were innocent. People didn't know no sin. Now, if you and I would look with natural eyes, there was no clothes, there was no nothing. In our present state, we would say, they were naked. That's because we've experienced sin. But without sin, you could look, Adam and Eve could not see that nakedness. They were veiled to it. It, was not, it, was, it wasn't even in the channel that they operated in. It was an economy of innocence. You know, when you look at a little child, uh, you know, a child can be so innocent and pure sometimes. They can say something so heartfelt, so genuine, so real, that every adult in the room is thinking, and they say it, and everybody goes, because the adults, you know, we're, we're cultured, we're refined. You know, we, 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 we've had to become politically correct in this age. But children can say it out of innocence, and, and it's so true and so real. It's, it's like the story of the emperor's clothes. Everybody in the kingdom, you know, was admiring the emperor's clothes. They were really believing a lie. He was wearing nothing. And, and if you know the fable, I, how many have ever read the emperor's new clothes? So the tailor pulled one over on the emperor. And, and that's what's happened in this age. The, 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 you know, and, and, and out of the devil has caught the people to think that, that they're clothed with religion when really they're wretched and blind and naked. Oh, I'm so glad for this message. But it was a little child that finally broke the bubble. A little child, you know, he's marching down, parading there with his new clothes, and everybody's coming. And a little child, Mommy, he's naked. 
And all of a sudden, the emperor himself, and all of a sudden, all the people, yeah. <laughs> and, and so there was this veil, there was this bubble in the Garden of Eden. They knew no sin. And, 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 and yet, remember, they were a three-part being. They were flesh, they were uh, a spirit man, and they were soul. And there was another being in the garden that, that was as close to God's perfect creation, but not God's creation. He lived in two realms, and that was the serpent. And he had a place for a soul, but he didn't have a soul. So the channel that he worked in, the, the fullness of how he could express himself was only going to be in a second realm, and it was going to be in that level that he was going to try to burst the bubble. So he would come with reasoning. He would come with all kinds of good arguments and rationale. And he was anointed by the devil. It was a serpent. That serpent is still in the earth today. But God's children have a soul. They have a place where God can speak to them. And, and, and the devil can't touch that. Amen. And that's the channel we want to move in. So he says, Adam and Eve were naked. They were hid from their nakedness. A spirit veil was over their face. God's veil in their own minds. They didn't know what right and wrong was. Standing there naked, knowledge not had come to them. They were naked and they knew it not. So here was a place where faith was pure. It flowed naturally, uninhibited. There was no barriers. Adam lived in a realm of perfect faith. He operated in a channel. Now, when, when his wife would come to him and say, dear, could, could you pick me some flowers? Maybe he went over and picked some flowers and, and gave it. Maybe he did it out of his heart. He used his hands. Maybe if he expressed himself in, in love, he would express himself in feelings and whisper words to her. And, and it came out of genuine love that was there. But there was another level that was very free to him to move and operate in. And if Eve would say, you know, the, the breeze is really coming down the side and, 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 or the sun has gone behind the mountains and, and, and I can't see the sun. It was a realm where he could actually speak and things would move. He was the God of the earth. He had full access. He had full control. And, and friends, that, that might seem very foreign to us, but that's where God is bringing us back to. And he's actually started in this last day, even through a messenger that would speak to a storm, that would speak to a disease. That was a channel, not just for one man. That was a channel for a people in this last day to begin to walk in, to move in. That's the channel we want to move in. Now, so Adam operated in this channel. He had, and I, I just want you to get, he had hands like we have hands. He had a face like we have a face. And as some brothers like to point out, he had a beard. <laughs> And that's a quote for some brothers. And there's some amen somewhere in another dimension right now, another place. But Brother Branham would say in the breach, Adam, he was the God of the earth. He had supreme control. 
God's the God of the universe, but God allowed a channel of this to come down to his son. I, I said that. This isn't in the quote. His son had the earth under his control. He could speak. He could name. He could stop nature. He could do anything he wanted. But when he lost that, he lost his inheritance. He used to be able to say, let this mountain be moved over there, and it would do it. Let this tree be plucked up and planted there. He had complete supreme control as a minor God under God our Father because he was a son of God. So he actually had feelings. He actually had uh, emotions. He had a personality. He had a voice. He, and all of these things. He was just like us. And, and the difference was the channel that he operated in was a channel that was uninhibited. It was a channel that had not been broken. It had not been punctured. It was pure. It was God in him, operating through him. Brother Branham would make, I, I, I just like how Brother Branham, you know, we can, he'd make stories so real. He'd say, back in the beginning, Adam and Eve's soul wasn't marred. They could hear the roar. They could see that beautiful light shining through the bushes. It was Jehovah talking to them. God would look at his family in the Garden of Eden when here was Adam and Eve, her lovely little head laying on Adam's shoulders as he moved through the garden and the winds blowed and little Eve said, ooh, and Adam said, peace, be still, and the wind stopped, and the lion and the tiger followed them. They were kittens. And in the evening when the sun was going down, there'd be a cathedral under the palm trees, and they'd begin to worship, and a soft, mellow light, God, the Logos, came down over the top of the trees. Children, have you enjoyed yourself? I've come down to kiss you goodnight. And he laid them down at sleep, and he laid all his animals down to rest through the night. Oh, that's good, the father said. I like the way it's done. Now, this is very, very real. And I, I'm just using this to paint a picture. Go with me to Genesis chapter 2, if you will, for a moment. Genesis chapter 2, and we'll, I, I won't, I'll just try to move along. You know, in verse 1, it would say, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and then God rested, and he blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. I've just gone through verse th up to 3. Verse 4, this, you know, this is really a type of the seventh seal because... Now everything was beginning to manifest. Everything that God had planted was beginning to grow. And, and there was an anointing that was upon the earth to bring forth. I, I, I would like to say that the word that we've been hearing, the word that we've been receiving in our hearts is bringing forth. I, I, I've just been watching... Listen, I'd like to just, I like to sit back and look and think and watch how God does things. And sometimes the wheels move slowly, but yet it's God moving. And I've watched even in our own congregation, I've watched how God is doing things. Friends, it's not in a great big way, but it actually, when God does things, it's very simple. It starts as a burden out of a genuine heart. It begins to come out, and you see God coming. 
Now, we, in our human mentality, and I've been speaking on Nimrod, and under Nimrod, there, there was this hierarchy that was established, and we, and even Jesus would refer to it, says the Gentiles like to exercise lordship and have rulers, says, but I say unto you. So Jesus is getting them away from this, this kind of thinking. And I, I would like to say every one of you should have an access to God directly. Now, God ordains positions and, and places in the church. I'm not doing away. But I'm saying every service ought not to be thinking on what's the church receiving? What am I receiving? How am I connecting with God? It's not what is the church doing? Oh, they're all worshiping. I better worship. No, it is so pure, so genuine. It's God and man. That's what we're coming back to. I think that's what you need to focus on. And I, I would like to just say, that is my desire with all that's in me. And, and David's overcoming in Psalms 27, one thing have I desired. Mark 11, whatsoever you desire. Now this is not a desire of humanity and human structure and civilization. This is in the purest form, again, where it's God and man. And I, I would say, I love him today more than I've ever loved him. He means more to me than I've ever. I, I, I often thought, I, I can't think of the song right now, but it was, I think, Grandma Kesser, Brother Mark, when she said, at my funeral, I want you just to play this song. And it expressed her heart. And it was a Fanny Crosby song, and I just lost it now. But it was, it was, it was just an expression of her heart to God. That's what she went into the grave with. That's what she's going to come out with. That longing will never leave her. That's the very thing. I, I believe God's working in us where, not that we're robots, but we, because we're dealing now with the soul realm, which is really self-will. I choose. I choose. I'm not forced to. I choose to give myself to him. He who gave himself to me. He who could have had a wife. He who could have had a life. But he chose to die for a people. And the same reciprocates. I choose to give back to him. My choice is him. And out of that choice, my longing are pure. Out of all of those things, therefore I can say, I would like this. And he will hear me. I, I, the, the relationship of a bride to her groom is so much greater than a church member to an allegiance of a church. I, 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 I just feel like there, there was a distinct separation in Brother Branham in, in about 1964 when he saw the preview of the bride. And he began to look at the bride as a separate as a separate way of God dealing. And I think we, I, I've seen it. I, I, I appreciate 
And I think we need to keep the right attitude to people that are in denominations. We don't write them all off. There's some genuine people. And I think we can see God working through them in a measure. And we ought to always be respectful of that. Some of them may even take strength from our testimony when it comes to a great tribulation. So there's an economy of God that's greater, but there's a bride. Now, so in Genesis 2 now, it says, verse 4, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day when the Lord God made this earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the earth, but there went up a mist from the earth, and it watered the whole face of the ground. So this is, if I can say, really a type of the seventh seal. There is something supernatural happening. It's not something man puts his hand on. It's not even something we reason out or learn But it's supernatural in our soul, and it's pushing out. And we can't even explain it sometimes. What causes you to believe for things you cannot see? What causes you or pulls you to a certain message? What causes you to pray? What's the little inkling, the little thought that causes you to pick up the phone and talk to somebody? There is a God that's working in us beyond what we are aware of sometimes. Beyond even what our conscious man realized. There's a subconscious at work. Now, here's the earth. All of this is coming forward. Now, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man began, became a living soul. Now you will find in the message Blasphemous Names in 1962, Brother Branham would refer to this, and he would refer to this unseen force, and it's called Amoya, and it's an African word. And you actually can follow it through in the message. He spoke it after his trips to Africa. From 1951 on, he would speak about this. But here in this, he speaks, it's an unseen force. He says, animals breathe amoya, sinners breathe amoya. But then he says, why would we struggle for eternal life if that eternal soul is breathed into us by breath. Now, God, specially upon Adam, breathed the breath of eternal life. And he began become an eternal person with God. He had power like God. He was an amateur God. He was the God of the earth. So this was not just the breath of life that a baby has, when it's spanked and it takes its first breath, this was a greater breathing. Remember Jesus with his disciples, and he breathed on them. Now, it wasn't just a natural breath, but this was a spiritual breath. I 
I put this message as the breath of God breathing into this generation. The words that came, they were not just words that are on a paper, but this was literally the breath of God again, breathing life into us in this generation. So he would say this. He was a breathing, living man. Animals breathe in our souls. And he says, he breathed the breath of life, amen, which meant he become a living soul. Now he says, watch out here. We're going to get into honey. Plumb up to your elbows. <laughs> oh. I, I, I had a little honey the other day, and it sort of stuck on pieces of me, and, and it was like... <clears throat> Lick it off. It's good. It's good. And he says, God breathed not what nature done, but what God did. God breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and he became a living soul. And then somebody said, but you say Adam died, Brother Branham. That's true. But before Adam died, I love this little part, he injects it. He says, before Adam died, he had a lamb that redeemed him. And he says, he was a type, he fell. But the lamb that was provided for Adam, because already in his nostrils had become the breath of eternal God, he became a living soul, he was a son of God. Now I, 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 I need to just drop, I just want to drop that in. So this was, this was the channel. And I would say, this breath of life that's breathed into you, we often have maybe used terminology. Let's just accept the message. When, when you receive the word for your day, and those are true words, but as it said in the book of Acts, and as Paul came, he talked to believers, and he called them believers. But he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Now this is, if, if there's sometimes a labor that you see in me, it's because it's my desire that you would all receive this breath of life. It's no longer you just submitting to an order, an ordinance, a form, but it's actually something that takes you. It takes you beyond yourself. It takes you beyond where... You know, everybody in the church can be sitting down, but it causes you, i got to stand up and say, thank you, Lord. It causes you to say amen. It causes you to do things. It's a force. Amen. Oh, and there's such liberty with it. And you no longer worry about what other people think. Amen. I'd say, friends, if you're, if you're not in that place, and I view it as, it's like a little baby's life in the womb. It's comfortable in the womb. This is nice. I like this church. It's comfortable. And this baby has no idea what's outside the womb. Inside the womb, it's subject to the life of the mother. It's subject to all of these things. But it comes out of the womb. All of a sudden, there's a life beyond. Like, wow. It's something like a, it's something like a northerner living in, in the winter. And spring comes. Oh, there are flowers. There is grass. Wow. We really appreciate a lot more here. And we've had a pretty good winter so far. 
But, and I love the sunshine. Don't get me wrong. I thank God for every bit of it. It's helping us endure. I, there's something in the makeup, human makeup. But I, I, would, I, I would just say is there, there, there's a Holy Ghost realm. And that is actually that eternal realm. Now, let me, let me take this a step further. Brother Branham talking now when Adam fell. Are you okay this morning? I'm going slow. I, I, I know I won't completely do what I need to do in this service. But please listen and, 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 and receive. There, there was two statements this week that were so sovereign to me and so real to me. And in one statement... God destroyed all the devil was trying to put over me. Because I looked at a situation and a circumstance and I said, this is impossible. And God just dropped something in. One statement. And I go, no. All things are possible. And the devil pushing down, pushing down, pushing down. And God, in an instant, destroyed that. And then as I was praying, and I didn't even know how I would do it, and as I was praying, I said, now, Lord, I know you can do everything. And I, I entered into a different realm. And the realm was not, you know, you can do it. You can do these things. It actually was something in me rose up and said, Lord, I desire this. And something let go. And something came out and said, this was actuated, not out there, but it was actuated in here. This was faith actuated from Ed Hammermeister by the word that I've been feeding on, by that which he's done for me, by he knows my heart, he knows my desires, and now I can come to him and I can say, Lord, I desire this. And he said, you can have it. Now this is a different channel. A lot of times, my brother, my sister, we are waiting for God to do something. We're saying, well, when the Spirit moves in the service, you know, when so-and-so, when everybody's singing and the anointings are, but did you know you actually can change the anointing yourself? Do you know that you can change what the minister is saying right now? That God can work you right now within you? You have that power? Friends, this is not pie in the sky. This is something very, very real. And, 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 and if you take Mark, it's what you desire. What you're dwelling in. You know, we always speak of Hattie Wright. Hattie Wright, she said the right thing. But did you ever consider before Hattie Wright said the right thing? They were building a church. They were they're building the, at, at Branham Tabernacle, they were building an addition or doing some work. And Hattie Wright came down and offered $50 for that addition. A year's salary. A poor woman. And, and Brother Branham, 
And, and, and the elders, they, 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 they didn't want to take it. And, and, brother, and, and, and finally she gave $20. And even Brother Branham, even a prophet, in his natural makeup, in his natural desires, in his humanity, he, he, he says, no, don't give that. Because he was looking naturally. But God was looking at another level. And, brother, and when God said to Brother Branham, he had $20 in his pocket. And he was about to give it. And, and God said, don't do it. Because that night is when they were sitting around the table. That's when Hattie Wright said those words. That's what started the whole thing. It wasn't, it, it wasn't on a human level anymore. This was on a level where it was God and, and a woman, a simple woman, dropping into a channel. You watch the things that happen, and what's the root of it? Lyle and Banks Woods. God had worked through the messenger, and they had so seen God dealing in their lives, and then they thought, do you remember that old Sunday school teacher? And he says, she always tried to teach us what was right, but she never saw the results of it. You know what we should do, Lyle? We should go down and tell her and show her what God has done for us. Did you know that was the very event that precipitated a fish coming back to life. Because brother, there was a prophecy that gone out, you'll see something raised. And Brother Branham goes back and he says, the angel of the Lord heard that, and therefore they were fishing together, and they were witnesses of it. Now I, I need you to focus on the purity that came out of those simple, innocent moves. It brought God on the scene. There was a, a woman, I think her name was Sister Weber, and she was, the doctor gave her over to die. She had a husband, she had children, and, and they'd said, nothing can help you, and she, she, she wanted to get in a prayer line, she couldn't, and, and the doctor came in, and, and, and he told her the diagnosis that she won't live, and she's, oh, if I could just Get to the meeting and have Brother Branham pray for us. And the doctor said something, and she says, and she, she rebuked the doctor, and she says, no, if I can get there. And, 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 and Brother Branham would say, he actually came, I believe, and, and he actually says, the angel of the Lord heard her voice. I, I, I friends, this is, when Brother Branham took perfect faith, these are, these are his words. And he would say, friends, we're trying to get to the church where we can really see apostolic times moving among us. That's what we hunger. It's laying right at the door. We want to see more of it. We want to see it flow that it'll help others. You know, and, and he would begin to say, the church has got to lift itself in the power of God. Now, if we're just thinking carnally, and, and we can be prone to do that. I can do it, every one of us. 
We, we live and we think, oh, well, I, you know, I hope the COVID will be over. I hope we can get our numbers up. That's, that's all part of it. I, I hope that we can do those things. I, I hope that we can have specials. I hope we can have special services. I hope we can do all those things. I would say those things are all good, but they're temporal compared to what God is desiring to pull us into. I'm not just looking to have services with Brother Ron Spencer for another 10 years. I want to go home. I want God in our midst. I, 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 don't want to, I don't want it to just be on a ministerial level. I want it to be in every person's home, in every mother, in every teenager, in every one of us. I want to see God overturn situations. I want to see him stand for his people. The walk of Enoch is a walk we all ought to be walking right now. There ought to be a place that you go to. Brother Branham would come, and, and, he would, and it was said to him, and he was going in a fast. And the angel of the Lord said to him, you must be more sincere when you do this. A fast is a good thing. That's actually not something that's often spoke on. But he said, you must be more sincere. In other words, do you really believe what you're doing? Do you really want to see me? You know, and he, and he would say, and, and if, I, if I could just, he's saying, is there a sincere intensity or is it just a formality? Is church just a formality? Or are you really hungering to see more of God in every service? That's a question I ask myself. I'm not rebuking anyone here. And he, and he says, are you more passionate? What is your level of devotion? Is it a dullness or do you really mean it? Is it really heartfelt? Now, in, in, in this message, Perfect Faith, Brother Branham, he came to Mark eleven twenty four, and he'd come to it in the ministry many times. And he said, I could never preach on it because I didn't understand it. I couldn't, I couldn't see it in the atonement. I couldn't see how an individual could ask for something. Now, I, I, I need you just to, just to think about this for a minute. Faith is a revelation of the will of God. And so our faith is subject to the will of God. So how can then an individual ask for something and know it was in the will of God? In other words, they'd have to be walking so close together that their desire and his desire actually had become one. It was faith and love that have relations. And Brother Branham, he would preach it. It wasn't until he hit perfect faith that I, I, I've just seen that he actually felt the liberty to preach this. And as he's talking on perfect faith, he's saying, we need to rub out some of this make-belief and get into something real. And he would speak about Joshua. Here's the solar system. Here's, here's everything in order. Everything just going. And, and you think about the dynamics, how they set the time to it. But here's a man who's, who's now 
in the duty, he's been told to take a land, and along the way, he's running into a situation that he can't handle, he doesn't know how to do it, and somehow, out of inspiration, he speaks and he says, sun, you stand still, moon, you hang there, and everything in the solar system stopped. Now, God put that back in man. That was there as a type. Jesus stopped the waves. It was unhindered, pure faith. I believe that's where we're going to. Okay, now I'm going to get off of that, and I want to get into this latter part of this. Are are you good this morning? I, I trust this isn't like way up there. As much as you can see the world around us, as much as you can see pieces falling into place, this needs to fall into place. Adam could speak, fundamental foundation of faith. Adam could speak to the winds and it would stop. He could speak to the trees, it would obey him. God gave him power over everything on the earth. After the fall, he lost that power. He becomes unconscious of that fact. I don't know what it was like. Maybe it was in his memory. Maybe after a few years after the fall, maybe he remembered how he could speak to that tree, how he could... But it it became distant. It became obscure to him. We never were part of the Book of Acts church. But there's something in us that says, this is who we really are. So he said he became unconscious after losing his relationship and friendship. And Brother Manum makes this statement several times in this message. The great channels became clogged up. He couldn't get through. Now, I need to say this about prayer. We have family devotion at home. And, you know, some of it's almost formality, maybe I can say. We read something, we read out of the family altar, we do things. But sometimes something drops in and there's a cry comes out of somebody's heart. Many times that is in our own individual closets. We can form out, but then it's something real. I I don't just want to say words and get up and be the same. I want to break through. I want to know that God heard I know that he heard, and he's going to act on this. That's real prayer. That's touching Jesus. Now, he says, since he's restored man back to this place, man in the fall has lost his conscience of what the Father put him on earth to do. In other words, now listen to his words, all the plumbing as it was in our brain And the outlets and the faith has become clogged up with business affairs, home life, domestic things. It has become so clogged that God can't operate through those channels that he made man for. I I, I was looking at, at things and Brother Branham would talk how people would come in the prayer line. And they would come in the prayer line and remember, he, he would 
the angel told him, if you get the people to believe. Now, sometimes they came tore up, nervous, or flustrated, as he would say. And he would have to contact what? Their spirit. And when he contacted their spirit and their spirit relaxed, that's when God could come in. But he have to get them. So he says, here's a woman standing before me. Mother, do you hate nervousness? It's a mental nervousness. You're always upset. The devil's tried to tell you you've crossed the separating line. Many things. You get so tore up, especially in the evening and the afternoon. Isn't that right? You get nervous. And then he says, you tire quickly. So this nervous condition translated over to her body. That's right, you have to sit down. You can't stand up. It's a nervousness. Now, as she's hearing this, how does he know this? And something's softening. Something's opening up. You believe God gave me authority? Come away. Let's cast that thing away. Let me have your hand. He's telling another sister, you don't doubt. You're nervous. You're upset. The thing that's causing this is the time of life. It's menopause. You get a weary feeling. Everything goes wrong. You think sometimes you've lost your mind. He said, sister, that's the devil telling you that. It's a lie. You're going to get well because of your attitude towards God's gift. Here's another one that comes. I, I, it's a similar one, so I won't read this. Sister, do you believe you got a nervous condition? you got a stomach trouble. It's bothering you. Your nerves that's upset in your stomach is causing an ulcer, a peptic condition. You belch your food. you got a burning feeling, lay down, feeling down low. Jesus Christ will make you well. Now I lay hands and rebuke this devil. What's he attributing the root? He said it's a nervous condition. Go on your road rejoicing. You won't have to eat baby food and stuff. Just say, all right, and praise be to God. You believe that God healed you? Now he's talking to another one. When, when you walked up there and, and said that, yes. Do you believe you won't have to be operated on for that tumor? Do you believe he took it away from you right there? Go on your road rejoicing. And then he says, at the funny thing, when I said a funny feeling struck you, it was the Lord. Go on your road. So it's just happening all over. But he contacted the human spirit. Now, there's so many of these I could read. Let me read this one. This one we might identify with. We're strangers. You have a phobia around you. Something about wintertime. When wintertime comes... You resent it. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I, I won't ask for a show of hands, but. <laughs> and he says, you get scared when wintertime comes. Where it makes you all upset. Now, look, look at what this is doing. A phobia. It makes her upset. And it makes you constipated. And you can't eat right. That's true. I curse that devil. And he says, it has left you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Don't be disturbed. Demons will cry out there in the presence of the Lord. Now, I could read these one after the other. But watch Brother Branham 
And I, I'm going to say, the angel of the Lord said, if you get the people to believe. Now remember, he came to a Pentecostal age. Not the original Pentecost, not even the 1906 Pentecost. But he came to where it was a system and it was structured and there were schools and there was, there was Trinitarians, there was all kinds of things. And he has this supernatural gift and he comes among them. And he comes among them and he begins to speak to them. Now he himself has a complex, but he wants them to receive what God has given him. And he comes as being uneducated. He comes as being having no learning to a group of people that are learned. And so he comes among them and you hear him and you watch the humility. He says, now, I, I, I'm not a preacher. <laughs> and, and he says, some of you, brother, you know, you've been learned. You've been. See, if he wouldn't have done it, their walls, who is this guy? Their walls were this high. But he says, I'm not a preacher. But some of you, brethren, the walls started to come down. Then, as he speaks a little further, he said, and I'm not really a preacher. My gift, you, you, you take this, I know what his next words are. You can hear this. My gift is to pray for the sick. Now the walls drop completely. Now the word has a channel to operate in. Now the word can come. Why? The human spirit, the human psyche. Who's this man? You know, where's his, where's his learning? Where's all of this? But now he's dropped all of that. And now the word can slide in without those barriers that are there. Now that same thing can happen here. People can come here and they can say, well, I know Brother Ed. You know, I know his failings. I know his shortcomings. I, I, I pray that they're not a stumbling block. But I pray that you can receive the word that is coming forward. I could do the same thing about you. I could say, I can go over there and I can shake that guy's head and say, why doesn't he line up in this part of his life? But that's not the channel that God wants us to operate in. The channel he wants us to operate in is to break those barriers down, is to allow the word to be easily entreated. Now, I said this last week, and I said, we can technically be right with something we say. But I'll ask you, will that word be received by the way you're presenting it? Will it actually do good or is there a barrier that needs to be broken down first? You know, we can take words, give them the word test. If they believe it, they're right. If they're not, they're serpent seed. Come on. We are going higher than that. Yes, there's a word test. Yes, that's the ultimate. But now take that and say, how can I present that on their level to help them to rise into it? Now, we all have a human personality. My personality, or whatever, mine, is, mine may be, I want to be controlling. Mine, and I don't, and I, the more I pray, the more I say, Lord, you take the helm of the ship. You take my ship. You know, if you watch Brother Branham, it wasn't Brother Branham the man that took control over every spirit. It was the Spirit of God as a channel operating through that man. 
That's what happened with Adam in the Garden of Eden. And, and, and if you're not careful, you elevate Brother Branham to such a level. If Brother Branham were here, if Brother Branham were here, then this would be, and then this would be. If Brother Branham, I, I, I need to say this, the God of Brother Branham is here. The Holy Ghost is here. The pillar of fire is here. He's operating in a different channel. If Brother Branham, the flesh man, was here, we would move to Jeffersonville. Real estate sales would go through the roof in Jeffersonville. That's not God's purpose. But God's purpose is to work in, in a many-membered body. And the, the idea is to break down every barrier where perfect faith can flow. So as much as I could maybe see a need under discernment, and it's good to have discernment, but you need character with what you do with your discernment. If your discernment recognizes a fault in your brother and you go and blab it, you need more character and you won't be given the power until you get that character. If I'm a minister and I'm going here to pick on somebody and to put my personal feeling, it's of no value. It has to be the Holy Spirit flowing through me. Now the same token you with receiving it. Oh, I know Brother Ed's going to go on this poet thing again. And the walls come up. Because that's not my nature. Okay, cast down your nature to receive the word. Now, in a home, and, 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 and here I'm going to give you an example. In a home, you may have received the message. You're the father of the home. And maybe your nature is to be strong and dogmatic. And now you hear your family's got to line up. You've got to get the token. So now you can take your nature and you can go line up. You do this. You do that, I think of the sound of music and blowing the whistle. It's a military camp. You know, all it's going to do, it's going to make them hate the vessel that actually had a good desire, but is not operating in the correct channel. Now, I'm going to say, I've made mistakes. There's times I maybe operate in that level. And I say to my family, forgive me. And I say, I'm still learning too. And they could say, I resented that. You had reason to. But now lay down your resentment. I'll lay down what I've got and let's go on with God. Now, I'll flip it another way. A brother was telling me a situation and I, it was about a certain... I don't even want to say who, it's not even here, so don't worry. But within the home, the man was just a little bit more casual about things. Just didn't assert himself. And as a result of that, the woman would became accustomed to working through the channel of humanity where it was, this is not wrong, and an emotion would come to the surface. An emotion. 
Finally, the man would give in. Because human emotion got the way. Instead of, now, and it was a good desire, maybe. You know, it was, it was a heart, it was a need that was actually there, but you used humanity. Brother Branham would tell us in the greatest battle ever fought, he would say, now, he would say, there's a channel that we operate in. He would say, you know, you, you hear an altar call at the end of the service, your mother's dead, she's, she's not here, she would really want you to come. You know, operating in the realm of pity, the realm of humanity, and you know, not on a word-based level. And so somebody would respond to that, but I'll tell you what, that won't go very far. And you may have been accustomed to operating in a level where now it's not just what my hands can do. I can pick this up. I can beat my husband over the head and he'll listen to me. Or now it's through an emotional level. I'll let my emotion come and he'll have to listen to me. Well, that might work for a season, but that's not perfect faith. It's as wrong as the brother that would exhort himself and thumbs down on the family. Now you have to know your own personality. And what's weakness to one is not to another. And this is not picking on any one person or any one situation. But this is us recognizing and actually being honest with ourselves. And with one another. And if somebody's inclined one way or another, don't immediately rile up and don't immediately get into conflict. Temper breeds temper. Anger breeds anger. But start to work in a way where you can help one another. Allow faith to work. When the disciples were on the sea and the storm was rising and Jesus was sleeping and there was some discussion, I don't imagine the discussion was like this. Wow, the storm clouds are really coming in. My, the, the, the waves are, are coming over the side of the boat. Uh, there's, there's water in here. Hmm. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. The master's here. No, it wasn't like that at all. There's these clouds. These waves. And they're yelling at one another. Hey, get the pump. Do this. Get, start scooping. Start bailing. Start doing things. Where's the Lord? Come on, Lord. Don't you care? And that's the way we come in prayer. Nervous. Upset. But if you can stop and now think on the promises of God, wait a minute. He's in the ship. If we sink, he sinks. <laughs> and he's the master of the wind. If we can come and calm our spirits. Now, the message before perfect faith was how can I overcome? And Brother Brandon would talk about the nature of Elijah. And he would say, Elijah, I get moody. I get upset. I, I, I get discouragement. He says, I've got to overcome that. That's what he said. And so you and I have to overcome something, our human spirit, in order for faith to flow. Friends, it's not going to be good. In, we've gotten so accustomed to, I'm in trouble. Let's call it finances. I'm in trouble. Let me go to the bank. They'll lend me the money. 
Well, we get used to that, and all of a sudden, it's just piles. We're moving into a higher level than that. Lord, I have a need. I can't make that need. I could go there. I could talk to this one. I could do that. I, I could do all kinds of things. But now you need, we need to come to a level say, Lord, you've always provided. You provided for the widow woman that lost her husband. Lord, you provided for Abraham. You provided for a man that had to pay his taxes and you gave him a gold coin. Lord, you're the God who knows everything. You can meet every need. And you start thinking in that channel and working in that channel. And sometimes the channel is, maybe I need to change. Maybe I need to be more disciplined. Maybe I need to be more wise with what I do. So it's, it's on two sides. But you're working together. And you're working in not where you're relying on your flesh or you're relying on your human spirit. You know, the devil will come and he'll, he may beat us down. And often he, he will beat us down, whatever way our nature is. You know, if, if you're the bully, he'll, he'll come down on a bully level. He'll, if you're emotional, he'll come down on the emotional level. But also, if, if, you're, if you're intimidated easily, he'll come and intimidate you. He'll make something look worse than it actually is. And you start thinking all kinds of thoughts. Oh, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. And, 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 and none of it's true. In fact, it's just conjured up in our mind. What we need to do is we need to have an anchor. We need to have a stabilizing force that's real, that's God in our lives. Now, I took Brother Branham as an example where Brother Branham himself how he approached people in the prayer line, how he approached his church. But you watch him in his own life. Now, even when Sister Mita had that tumor, that cyst that began to grow, Brother Branham did not want to go to the doctor. And he finally came to the place. She's in Arizona. She's got to go to the doctor. And he's in another place. And this is his prayer. And he says, Lord, have I waited too long? But he's trusting God. I, 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 I couldn't bear to lose her, Lord. Now look at the humanity that's coming out of the prayer. It wasn't just something he could turn on and turn off. But he was subject to something working. And, and so he's bringing all these arguments in a very real way. Lord, I, 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 I couldn't live without her. I, I, Lord, have I waited too long? And Lord, she didn't mean that. And all of a sudden, something come down and said, stand up. Whatever you say, that's the way it'll be. Now, he just stood up with faith and he says, before the doctor's hand touches her, the tumor will be gone. Now look at what came through that channel. But look at the roots of it. The roots were very simple, very honest. It wasn't, I've been on a fast. I've been this. I've been in this. No, it was living a normal life. 
Brother Branham said about Joshua, he never even prayed before he said, son, stand still. He just did it because he was on a duty. Brother Branham says that. Now, that's over in the east. Now, over in the west, here's, brother, here's Sister Mita. She's just going in, puts her gown on. The doctor comes in, and he touches just a... Look at how accurate God is. He actually is reaching his hand over, and she says, I felt something sweep through my body. It was to the split second. That same word put back in the hands of man again. It's not very far from us. It's closer than we think. It's perfect faith. It's a level that we're about to enter to. And he goes, Sister Brown, what side was that on? It's not there. The spoken word of God in the hands of man again. This was not just for a prophet. Now, there's so many things I could get into, but we're just about there, and I'm not going to keep you long today. There was an entrance that was ministered here. Let me, let me just take this for a moment. We know that there's a shout, there's a voice, and there's a trumpet. Let, let me say it this way. The shout is caught. We heard something. It pulled us into something. But now it's so easy to stop there. It's so easy to say, we're in church, we've got good ministers. But there's something on another level. There's a voice. And Brother Branham, when he was told, you must be more sincere, the other thing that came, he says, you walk with too many. In other words, you're listening to too many voices, even ministers, people around him. Now, it's not that they were wrong and they were good opinions, but he needed to hear a voice that was higher, that was more direct. Listen, I, I could go and I could take a poll. I see Brother Tim Pruitt speaking on this, Brother Ron this, Brother this. Okay, that's a good channel. I'll go in that channel. If it doesn't come from God and it's just me looking over, it's not going to do any value. If what you believe doesn't come from God, if it's just what the church believes, if it's just what my husband believes, or it's what my dad believes, it's of no value. It needs to be the very inside and fabric of your being. Now, so we don't want to stop at the shout, we want to move into the voice. Brother Bram would say the church is no longer the mouthpiece of God. The church, the bride, will be the final voice. I, mean, I, I would want to say this is so sovereign and so pure. It's back to the Garden of Eden again. It's a faith without my personality, without my intellectual thoughts, you know, we, we can operate at an intellectual level. 
you know, Andrew operated on one level. He was a prayer warrior. Peter was on another level. But they were both called of God. You know, there's, there was a brother in Brother Branham's day. He said, Brother Branham, I've come to the meetings. I've come all this time. I've hardly ever cried. I've hardly ever been emotional. He says, brother, I've watched you. You've received the word. Now, not just intellectually. And sometimes if we're emotional, we try to make everybody emotional or they're not in. And sometimes if we're intellectual, what in the world are they crying about? Let them, let everybody have their own experience with God. Let God be real in their lives. I think there's room for everybody. God made everybody different. Now, I'm not going to get into this today. I'll do it next week. But the prophets in their thinking and in how God operated through them. Now, I, I, I won't do justice to it, but I'm going to read this one example and then we'll close. Brother Branham is talking about a man that... Um, there's a man who was awfully frail and he was a large man with black hair hanging down near his shoulders and she said Brother Bram knelt down to pray for me this man came up instead of praying he just kept looking at Brother Branham now when you come for healing now you come for healing and you'll be healed Brother Branham doesn't he look thin and, and then she said, they started moving the stretcher. Now, I think this is a vision that he's talking. And he says, that's the angel of the, of the Lord that was there. He's talking in a vision. Now, I, I need to just pray it this way. Now, he's talking about this man who was dying. And it says, the doctors knew he was dead. Now, he's not in this anymore. I went to offer my sympathy to the family. I started out of the house, the wife seemingly crying for the man. And as I started out the door, now this is a man, a prophet. This is like Isaiah in the Bible who wrote, A virgin will conceive, and then woke up the next morning and thought, What did I write? They were operating on another level. This was Jesus who was a mystic to the world. The believer that walks with God is a mystic. In fact, we in our thinking don't understand it all the time. There's a control tower underneath that we need to be sensitive to. You can intellectualize, you can reason on the outside. The same with prophets. So Brother M says, I went out of the house. The family was crying. As I started out of the door, a human hand seemingly touched my hand, my arm. I felt it hold me. As I started forward, I could not move. And when I turned back, the hand left me. So he's in the bedside. He goes to the bedside of the room. There was a Methodist minister. I started to have prayer. And as I come to myself, I was lying on this man's body, a dead man who had a sheet over his face for at least half an hour. He said, now, I came to myself. I was in this position. I was lying on this dead man. Now, do you ever remember this situation in the Bible anywhere? Do you ever remember that Elijah laid himself on a dead body? Brother Branham did this subconsciously, moved by God. This was not him thinking, oh yeah, Elijah, intellectual, I'll figure this out, I'll do the same thing. You know. No, it was on another level. 
And so he says, I started to have prayer. My face was lying. And I was calling into the spirit land. And I said, Brother Elijah. His name was Elijah. And he said, I was calling into the land of the spirit, not knowing what I was doing. Now God even bypassed the human part. He bypassed the prophetic part. And God was operating on a level that the prophet didn't even know about. Now, it's one thing to come up to a cliff and to look down and, and say, I'm not going to jump. It's another thing to come up to a cliff and have a bungee cord stretched and I'm not going to jump or to jump because there's a measure of safety. But it's another thing just to cast yourself. Lord, I've, I'm surrendering all. I'm giving all. And here's a man so yielded to God, he's in a level, but God had to stop him. And he says, I was calling for a spirit. In a few moments, I laid still calling. And he says, and I felt the man's hand coming up on my ears. Oh, friends, this is not a story. This is not just brother. This is the God that's with us right now. He said, the man is working on the Pennsylvania Railroad tonight alive. God knows that's true. If it isn't, he'd let me pass from this pulpit right now. That don't mean that everybody would believe. I can, not, I can do nothing within myself. I have to do as the angel says to act. Now, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to have the musicians come. I really have a whole bunch more, but I knew I didn't want to rush it. I just wanted to take more time. But I, I want you to be thinking on this level. If you have an opportunity and you can get into these messages, how can I overcome in perfect faith? And you want to read them, that's a channel I'd still like to go in. And I'd like us to be very aware. Friends, this is something that the church would come to. Brother Branham said, would you like to see a church rise like that? Who was praying this morning in their prayer? Who was Brother Bob. Was that you praying? Or Brother Dan, maybe you were saying it. Brother Dan, you were saying it in, in, in your opening comments. Spring is coming. You can't stop it. The snow that's around us, as that sun rises, you can't stop it. And I'll say this. What God has determined, you can't stop it. This church will rise. Now, I, in the message, how can I overcome? He says, there's something we have to do. Recognize your human spirit. Recognize where that's a hindrance, where sometimes you come up to the cliff and you can't give yourself over. But recognize that the God that's in you, the faith that's in you, He'll make a way for you to go over and to be carried safely to wherever you need to go. I, I would say, if you've been used to trusting in your own means of doing things, God's removing those props. If you've been trusting in my disposition, I'm strong, God's got to remove those props. Or I can use emotion to get my way. God's removing those props. Or I can, I, 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 I'm intimidated, or I'm revelated, or I'm intellectualized. God's got to remove all those props where perfect faith can flow. I don't think it's that far from us. I think it's closer than we, we think. Listen, I'm going to stop there. Let's stand together. I trust that that opens a door, opens an entrance. 
I'd really like to move in that channel a little bit more, and, and I got some other thoughts here, but we'll leave that for another day. I'm pressing on the upward way, higher ground. Is that where you want to go? Brother Ram said the church has got to rub itself out of some of this make-believe. Oh, I've just been used to leaning on what I would do. No, you got to rub it out. you got to put that old man down. You want to allow the faith of God. In the message, perfect faith, what is a believer? A believer is the faith of God that moves in you, that lives in you. I, I, I think, I, I want to see that. Let's sing. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I
that feeling when the enemy is on you and you're governed by fear and all these negative voices. I was going through some things this last week and everything coming every which way. And I said, there's no way I could survive Laodicea without the God that's in me. There's no way I could make it through unless I was pressurized. Faith is actually a substance. It's something you can stand on. Everything around you falling away, giving away, people in dismay, people in distress, even our emotional realm. The devil's telling you all kinds of things. Your feelings telling you all kinds of things. Cast them down. Start singing a song. Start repeating the word. Speak to someone. Get in an atmosphere of faith. All things are possible. I want to sing verse 2 again. My heart has no desire to stay. I don't want to kneel down and come up with the same fears. Where doubts arise and fears dismay. I don't want to be checking what's the latest number of deaths and what's the latest restrictions. I don't care about those things. My heart has no desire to stay. God's walking with me. I'm walking with Him. Though some may dwell where these abound, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. Let's sing verse 2 in the chorus. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay though some may dwell where these abound my prayer my aim is higher Lord lift me up and let me stand by faith on set your wings what you lay before you what your desires are Adam fell from self will Jesus came to give us the promise of Mark 11 24 whatsoever you desire there would come a people that would come back to the place where their will would be the voice of God on earth not God speaking through a robot not God but God speaking through a people so yielded so given to God, so dismissive of everything around them, even their own humanity. That's what I'm setting my wings to. Not just because I want to speak the word, no. I just desire that he would be glorified. I desire that he would live in his many-membered body. I desire it not for the pulpit. I desire it for your life, for your home, for your situation that that devil that is trying to rob us we're coming back to all that Adam and Eve have lost we're coming back to where we speak to our mountain again set your wings there's two roads there are two roads that you may take one by side 
your mountain much too high speak the word of God and by and by it will move or you will fly that's real this morning that's more real than the pew this morning the devil that you are facing and battling this morning he will not be where we're going to be he will not be in thousands of years in eternity he will be nothing that's more real than what he's doing to you this morning 
We're going to sing this one more time, and we're going to pray. I believe there's faith here this morning. Now, maybe your faith is, I know the Lord heard me. Maybe your faith is, I don't know how this will turn out. But I'm just going to say, hold it before God. Neither time nor space. And I'll say this, don't put a limit on God this morning. Don't say, I've struggled with this too long. Don't say this situation is impossible. And also, don't predetermine a result. Cast your cares on Him this morning. Let your faith go. Lord, it's in your hands. It's no longer in my hands. You take the situation. I set my wings to you. We're going to pray in a moment. And I want you all to pray. And I want you just to contact Him and say, I have a need, Lord. I'm honest with you this morning. My voice is telling me I'm a Christian, I'm good enough. But your inside conscience is telling you you're not. You know you need to meet God. Just be honest with Him this morning. Lord, I need you to move a mountain for me this morning. Set your wings this morning. Verse 2, let's sing. What's your need? Oh, what's your cry? What's your this morning it would be easy to get emotional but we're going to drop out of that channel and we're going to go into the channel of faith it would be easy to get frustrated this morning it would be easy to just say I'm going to change this myself but I need you to drop into another channel this morning And as simple as it was for Brother Branham to offer a simple prayer for his wife, Lord, he asked a question, have I left it too long? Lord, I can't live without her. Lord, she didn't mean that. And God came and a power that was there moved through that man and spoke through those lips. I'm going to tell you this power is here this morning. If you come on the same circumstances, it may not happen the same way. It may not be the same situation. But all I'm asking you to do is to set your wings. 
be honest with God this morning. And if I, as I pray and as you pray, God is the God of this word, the God of this message that operated in a wave sheaf form. Prove that there's more of a crop that's going to bring forth. Some of that crop is sitting here this morning, Lord. We are of that crop. We're of the 7,000 that has not bowed our knees to Baal or the images of this, this society called Babylon that we live in. We have shunned that this morning. And we are here believing in the God of Elijah this morning. We're here casting down all reasonings. We're here casting down the strongholds that build up in our minds. The scars that were in our lives. The things that so would hinder our faith. But Lord, we're casting our hands into the angel of the Lord that is present here today. Lord, we believe that you're here ministering to your people this morning. You're breaking down the human spirit. You're breaking down our resistance. Lord. You are breaking down the things that hinder us. But it's, Lord, that we can see you. Oh, Father, the things we try to do, we spend our efforts, the coaxing, the efforts in ourselves. You're asking us this morning, give it into my hands, child. Let go this morning. Give it to me and watch me work on your behalf. That power is here this morning. Lord, there's every one of us has situations. Lord, let not your word return to you void. May it even be as we leave this place that your voice keeps resonating, that it stays in our heart and in our thoughts, that it becomes a fabric of our being, that it's washed through the filter, that all of our desires and all that we do would only be pleasing to you, O Lord. I pray your blessing would be on every household. I pray it would be on every head of home, every sister that stands faithful. Lord, I pray it would be on the widow and the widower. I pray it would be on the one that's standing for an unbelieving this morning. I pray you'd move into every situation, Lord. I pray you'd move to the teenager. I pray that you'd move to the impossible realm where all things are possible. Lord, we let loose this morning. We let go this morning. We surrender ourselves to you. Let faith take a root this morning. Father, your word must come to pass. You must be seen again in a people that is in the land. We wait on you. We set our wings upon you. Father, remove all personality from the voice that is speaking this morning. Remove all personality from the believer this morning that would hinder faith. And may that inside control tower, that real voice of God, come forth. I pray your blessing would be on us as we leave. Tonight, Lord, as our brother Max comes, I pray that your anointing would rest upon him. I pray there'd be an expectation in our hearts. Lord, not just for the service, but as we go into the world, as we face our families, the prayers we've laid for unbelieving children, unbelieving spouses, the prayers we've laid for healing, 
the prayers we've laid for jobs, for financial needs. Oh God, you're the God of the meal offering. You're the God of the very grassroots, oh Lord. You're the God of Genesis, oh Lord. The seed world has been planted, oh Lord. May the Spirit bring life to it, oh God. Don't let your word return to you void. Father, we give it all to you now. We cast ourselves upon you. Lord, use these vessels. Use my brothers and sisters. Shake the world, O oh Lord. It'll start by shaking the kingdom of the devil. There will come forth a church. We are of that church this morning. May the brothers and sisters know the power that lies within them when they go on their knees to pray. Father, we set our wings to you. Thank you for the attentiveness this morning. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your faithfulness. We look for you now. We love you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Take these hands. Take these hands and lift them up. For I have not the strength to praise you here enough. For I have nothing. I have nothing without. Songs of mercy I have